Wow, that is a truly South African masterpiece. And I, I can just imagine where it's taking you to, certainly taking me to a good place in time. And it's amazing how so many of those uh, good spaces in my life are colored with uh, the songs that Steve Kekana features in. And of course, that one alongside the late uh, Nana Coyote. And on the forum this morning, we are hosting the legendary singer-songwriter Steve Kekana. He's been a consistent force on the South African music scene since the late 70s. And uh, his music has been featured in movies. He's collaborated with several artists over the years. Uh, others include PJ Powers, there's Stipo Hot Sticks Mabuse, Jabu Kanyile, Joe Nina, and the list is endless. And since 1978, Steve Kekana has produced 44 albums and he's received more than 70 Golden Discs Awards. And with that, I don't think there's anything more to say. Good morning. And we're absolutely honored to have you, uh, Steve Kekana. Sister, Sister Sakina, good morning. And a very good morning to SAFM listeners. Well, you know, this was one of those interviews I must just share with the listeners. We've been trying for the longest time to get Steve Kekana on the radio. But of course, he has a day job because he's advocate Steve Kekana. So it's been quite difficult to coordinate those diaries. So we're absolutely thrilled this morning. Thank you once again. And I apologize for that. I'm not a person who does not want to honor appointments. I'm, I'm very sorry for that. No, not not at all. We're just happy we finally have you. But, you know, as I say, uh, you are that constant voice. You know, when I think of all uh, the classics of South African music, Steve Kekana features somewhere in there. And just looking and reading through your life yesterday, I thought I knew you. And then I realized, geez, there's so many facets to this man. And uh, we, we're going to try and explore some of those this morning. So um, you were born in Zebediela in, uh, in Limpopo province, then northern Transvaal. And um, you were not born blind, Steve? No, Sakina, I wasn't born blind. I only became blind after five years due to glaucoma, which is an eye sickness. You know, glaucoma, it means you, 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 your water contents in the eyes dry up and thus injuring the cornea and then leading to blindness. And I was sitting wondering, you know, uh, can you still remember, you know, those first five years? Can you remember anything about being sighted and being able to see? What do you remember? Uh, I remember a lot of it. I remember riding a sledge, you know, a sledge being pulled by cows. Yes. I remember um, going into the field, uh, picking up millies. <laughs> I remember many things, and I can still... Unfortunately, I did not really totally go blind. I still have little sight. Uh, that makes it easy for me to even remember things and colors like that, people that I saw when I, before I came blind, I remember my my mother's face vividly. <laughs> but uh, now, now, if I see you now, Sakina, I will not be able to remember you because my I've got what we call cognitive blindness. Mm-hmm. I can see I can see you, but I will not remember when you move away. I won't remember what I saw. 
Wow, that's that's really interesting. But 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 of course, all of that hasn't stopped you from going on to achieve just phenomenal, phenomenal things. But um, talk to us about your school days. You know, how was that? Um, you went to school in Pulukwane, which fortunately was not too far from your home. Yes, and it was a Roman Catholic established school called Siloe School for the Blind, because I went there when I was about six. And uh, I studied Braille. Braille is the style or type of writing which blind people use. Uh, it's like little sauces, but you feel it and then you can read. So I, I studied there until I was taken out of that school and I went to finish my matric at the sighted school. Uh, called Matladi near my place, and I did my matric there. So it was fine. At, at the blind school, it was fun. That's where I learned to play guitar, and I enjoyed singing. I started cultivating the culture of singing and playing guitar at the Silver School for the Blind. I, I went to school with the, the late Lazarus Ahudi, uh, Willie, William Modala of Willie and Paul, the late Maximus Mbutuma. We had a lot, a whole range of good singers. And and those names, legends in their own rights. Um, but were you not expelled from school at some point? <laughs> I didn't want to say I was expelled. <laughs> I thought you were leaving when, something out here. Why don't you want to tell I, us I, about when, that? <laughs> when I said, when I, said oh, I was taken out, I was cushioning the expel, expulsion part of it. So I was... When I was uh, doing my matric at Silway School for the Blind, I was expelled from Silway for instigating the students politically and all that. But it wasn't actually really political. It was just a matter of a social matter. You know, we, we were blind. Like, if you would uh, knock against a girl because you don't see each other, they wouldn't believe that you you, you happen to collide with each, with, with each other uh, just because you're blind, they would think it, it was planned. So we, we were in most cases being punished for what they called fornication, and that was not fornication. So when I took the matter up, they said, uh, I'm the one who is influencing the, the, the boy students, and then I, I got expelled. That's why I finished my matric in a sighted school. Uh, when I wrote my examination, the invigilator would read the question paper, and I would answer on a typewriter. Wow, that's quite interesting. And then, then, but then, of course, uh, you went on to do other things. And um, I looked at this, and and then someone called me, and they said, you know, um, the pilot of the airwaves, Steve Gekana. <laughs> yeah. that was that there... was the most interesting part of my life. I, I I love radio with all my heart, and I I. I concur with anybody who believes that radio is uh, the theater of mind. So I was doing a host, a talk show host. I was a talk show host at uh, the now Tobela FM. It was Radio Liboa then. And it was one of the most uh, loved programs. I'm also a, a, a drama, radio drama author. I wrote the most important, a lovely drama for uh, Radio Liboa, which was called Trouble in the Minds, but it was called Kanya Kanya Mwepo. So I just tried everything. I believe my belief is that uh, it doesn't matter whether you are blind or not. 
you are part of society as society is part of you. And to prove that, you must be able to show society that there are things that you can do. And that's absolutely fantastic. Of course, you know, pioneering the path for uh, someone like our own uh, Rulani Baloi here. And um, mm-hmm. as someone... She, uh, she, she came to Silua when I've left. She, she, I don't want to say she's my junior. She's a big sister now. <laughs> <laughs> No, but 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 she's absolutely fantastic, just like you. Mm. And she's very lovely. Yes. Yeah, but and I believe that show was very popular, um, uh, Steve. People are still raving about it. Um, someone actually told me they would listen to the show. It was um, in the evenings, and yeah, it was they would from nine to eleven. Nine to eleven in the evenings, and he says yes. that would be the point of discussion the following day at school or at work. This is what people would be talking about. So uh, clearly, I mean, you had a great innings there as pilot of the airwaves among some of the things that you did. But then, of course, um, the music, Steve, and 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 this is where most of us got to know you because I remember when I was a little tot, it was the first time that I had come across blindness and 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 what it means to be blind it was after seeing you and that's when i asked my mom so what does that mean if somebody's blind and and so i credit you with my understanding of what it is and um of course some of the things that goes through one's mind like i was asking rulani i always wonder with blind people who dresses you you know like do you choose your own clothes do you know what you're wearing or are you very much dependent on other people for the way you appear in public? And <clears throat> to, to be honest, there will always be that element of dependence. Uh, but uh, we also play a part in choosing what we want to buy and dress. Like uh, in my case, uh, the, the, the lady who's taking care of me, uh, would uh, wash and iron and match every setting that I would have to find. And uh, I just pick up a hanger and I know it's a good thing. I, I know I can <laughs> see colors. If I don't, don't want to wear blue like I'm wearing blue now, uh, because blue is my, my, my color. I love blue. It's royal blue and blue itself. Sky blue, it's all the colors that I love. So when I want to dress blue, I'm... Able to pick up the blue and the black uh, black trouser and everything. I do uh, I do I do my polishing, shoe polishing, and all that. So, but it will be unfair to say there is no dependence on the people that assist that assist us. So, what's your favorite color? Blue. Wow. And then, uh, of course, uh, you you um, also went on to study law. So, what was the inspiration for that? The inspiration I got from uh, Advocate Joseph Malachi, who is now the Commissioner, the Human Rights Commissioner. Uh, he, he, he was my senior at Silo School, and he went on to, to varsity to study law. That's where I felt, yeah, now I am going to do law. You know, as blind people, we tend to imitate the people who, went, who, who walked the road before us. When it comes to singing, I, I, I felt, no, if Ray Charles is singing and if Babsim Langani is singing, then it means I also can do that. We, we imitate each other because our society is so small that we can easily follow 
each other in, in, in such a way. So after being influenced by Ray Charles and Babsim Langeni to be a singer, I decided that I'm going to sing, but I'm still going to be a singing lawyer. And when uh, Advocate Joseph Malaji went to varsity to study law, he again inspired me to do law. So when I, after finishing my matric, uh, I had to join a musical group which was started by the late Lazarus Rahudi. And then uh, in 1994, I decided, no, now, because I'm a musician and I see the problems that musicians are facing, I must now go and pursue the legal field so that I can be a little of a little help to, to, to my fellow musicians. And in 1994, I went to Varsity uh, University of Limpopo. I did uh, Puris and LLB in record time. And uh, again in 2007, I went back to university, people do not know that, to do uh, labor, labor law, master's in labor law. So I got three law degrees, as wow. I'm speaking to you now. Well, um, I bow to that because, you know, for some of us, it's difficult to just get one degree, let alone three. And uh, with the challenges that you have to face uh, more than uh, able-bodied people, I I just think this is absolutely remarkable. And you are a true inspiration, as many of our messages coming through are indicating uh, this morning. But, you know, just looking through your music career, and I'm sure there were many, many highlights. You did a lot of collaboration with a, a great number of artists. Which, it's perhaps a bit of an unfair question, but which would you say was the highlight of your musical career thus far? <laughs> the, the the real highlight of my musical career is when I uh, was invited, firstly in South Africa, to receive uh, the award of the four outstanding young South Africans. And it was in 1984. In 1985, again, I was then invited to received the award of the 10 outstanding young people of the world in Colombia. Uh, that's where I sang for the first time, sang for a president of a country. I, I felt that was the highlight of my music and my music career. Uh, there are many things. You know, the first time I went to Europe in 1982 uh, with the whole band and came back to South Africa, and I'm not... Uh, talking bad about those who went and never came back. But I'm just saying I'm proud that I was able <laughs> to take the, the band and lead it back home. Uh, that was another highlight. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, the bad thing that I'll never forget is when 17 people died in Maseru mm. uh, when they came to watch my show. It was a very, very tragic uh, occurrence. Mm, tragic, uh, 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 very much so. But some would say, you know, that point, uh, it points to the popularity of the person you are, the music that you make. And, um, you know, that's what led to that Maseru Stadium being packed to the rafters and that unfortunate incident ensuing there. Indeed, it points to the popularity because in the statistics, I am the highest killer of supporters, uh, even better than the Rolling Stone. The Rolling Stone st- st- statistics is they had 11 people dead, and I've, I've, I've got the highest 17. And I'm not trying to say I'm popular, more popular than the Rolling Stones, but the statistics would want to suggest that.